Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast, where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. Do you remember when you were a child on the playground and you were playing games at school time? Or maybe this was in the backyard and you kicked the ball out of bounds. Or you committed a foul or you broke the rules to the game. You know you broke the rules. Everyone around you knows you broke the rules. And so all that you're going to do is ask for a do-over. You guys remember that? I wish that those events only happened to us when we were children. But let's just be honest, y'all. Sometimes we make mistakes later on in life, long after we've left the playground. Maybe you didn't read the test instructions and you failed the test and now you're scared that you're about to fail the course and you just want a do-over. Maybe you didn't pay attention to the company policy and you broke the company rules and your job is on the line and you're just asking for a do-over. Hey, check this out. Maybe you sent a text and you thought it was going to your girlfriend and it actually went to to your mother and you really, really wish you could get a do-over. Easter is the ultimate do-over. And what we're going to do for just a moment is we're going to talk about why Easter is so significant in all of the holidays for Christians over thousands of years. Why do we make such a big deal out of this holiday? But I want to set up what you're going to hear from the Bible today by telling you about military time. You see, when I joined the military, I learned in the U.S. Army how to follow the military clock. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of like the military clock. Because every day at midnight, the clock becomes like a daily do-over. All of those mistakes, all of the stuff that happened to me, all of my frustrations and all of those issues from yesterday, they're gone when the clock changes to zero, 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 and it's almost like a brand new do-over. You see, all of us need do-overs. And some of those mistakes that you made, they stick with you. They follow you today and for the rest of your life. And Easter really is like the ultimate do-over. It's God's way of saying, I'm going to make all of those mistakes, all of those penalties, all of those problems that you have from the past, I'm going to make them all go away. And what I want you to hear from the Bible today is how God resets your clock to zero 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 on Easter Sunday morning. It wasn't just the moment that Jesus came back out of the grave alive. It's the moment where he gave you the chance of being alive, fully alive for the first time ever. And what we're going to do in just a moment is we're going to dig into the Bible. We have been, as a church, studying through the book of John. Typically, on Easter Sunday, pastors will preach an Easter sermon from all over the Bible. I'm just going to keep right on reading through the book of John for two reasons. One, because this passage today speaks directly to Easter. But secondly, every Sunday is supposed to be Resurrection Sunday for God's people. Can I hear you? 
So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at how that first Easter Sunday became the ultimate do-over. It was God's moment of defeating death and conquering evil once and for all. And because Jesus is risen, now you can have the ultimate opportunity for a do-over. Many times you hear preachers who will tell you the significance of Jesus hanging on the cross on Good Friday. I don't ever want to diminish his bodily sacrifice. But when they don't connect Good Friday to his physical bodily resurrection on Easter Sunday, I think they miss it. And this really is the number one Christian holiday for thousands of years and billions of people. And three words today will help you understand the significance. In fact, I'm just gonna make a bold statement. This is the most important day for any human being in all of history, and I'll prove to you that Easter changes everything for everybody. So are you ready? Here we go. We're gonna take a look in John chapter 12. We're gonna just pick up today where we left off last Sunday. And the first thing that I want you to understand is that Easter is God's way of resetting your identity. It literally changes who you are and whose you are. Your family changed on Easter Sunday morning. John chapter 20 or John chapter 12, Jesus is speaking to the crowds, and this is the final words of his public ministry. And it starts like this. In John 12, starting in verse 20, now some Greeks were among those who came up to worship at the festival. We're gonna look at three very important words today, and the first word that I want you to hang on to from this passage is the word Greeks. So would you say it out loud? Now, some Greeks were among those who went up to worship at the Passover festival. That's a big deal. And the fact that they're Greeks is an even bigger deal because now we got a problem. So they came to Philip, who is from Bethsaida in Galilee, and they requested of him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. And I really think the Bible should have included the word also here because that's kind of what's going on. Can we see Jesus also? And Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus replied to them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. Here it is. He's speaking specifically about his death and resurrection. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And then Jesus was speaking about him. Now he's going to speak directly to you. The one who loves his life will lose it. And the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant also will be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, the reason why I asked you to focus on the word Greek is because if you were living in Jesus's day, this is a problem. 
You see, the Passover is the most significant of all religious festivals. Jesus is a good Jewish boy. He surrounded himself by disciples. They're good Jewish boys. And now we have a crowd of Greeks. And the word Greeks here is probably a reference to truth seekers, sometimes referred to as God-fearing men who are trying to learn the answers about Jesus and from God, but the problem is they're not Jews. They weren't born into a Jewish family. They're Gentiles. And a Gentile can't get into the temple and learn what the Jewish boys can learn. Only somebody who was born into a Jewish family can get into the temple on Passover Sabbath. So now these Greeks are showing up and they're asking Jesus' disciples, hey, can we learn from him too? And this is a crisis, y'all, because now the crowd has to decide, are we going to let these foreigners, those born outside of the family of Abraham, are we going to let them sit in and listen to Jesus's message also? And, and, and to answer the question, Jesus gives them this analogy. And really what I think he's doing is he is describing for them why he really is the promised son of Abraham. He says, here's what it's going to take for those Gentiles, for you and I, those Greeks or those people born outside of the lineage of Abraham. Here's what it's going to take for you to be brought into the family. The seed is going to have to fall into the ground and that seed has to die in the ground. And then the waters, the spring rains come, and then the sun starts to shine, and pretty soon there's a sprout that comes out of that seed. And pretty soon that sprout turns into a wheat stalk, and that wheat stalk starts to feed not just those that were born in this region and to this family. It includes me and you and these Greeks also. And Jesus is describing now why his death is necessary so that you can become part of the family of God. God made a promise to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, you're going to have a son. And that one son, through that son, every nation on the earth, those that are watching from Germany or the Philippines or South Africa or Australia, those that are in this room or around the country, all of us can be brought into the family of God because of that one son. And I don't need to tell you that son was not referring to Isaac. It was referring to Jesus, the one born to bring together all of God's children. And when I was thinking about this passage this week, I was thinking, you didn't choose your nationality. Nobody watching this chose the family that you were born into. You had no control over the color of your skin or the gender that you were born with or the country that you were born into. All of those things were out of our hands. In some places around the world, your color of skin, your nationality, your gender give you a massive head start over everybody else. Or they can be a major disadvantage. If you're in India and you're born into the low caste, no class part of society, you are literally considered less than human and less valuable than an animal just because of the caste that you were born into. And what Jesus is saying is, I don't care the color of your skin or your gender or where you were born or what your family is. I'm willing to give you a new family. And that new family comes through a new birth. 
In fact, way back in John chapter 3, he said to one of the most religious guys in the land, you must be born again. You were born into a physical family, and now you have a physical birth. You have to be spiritually born again in order to have a spiritual family. And anybody who's born into that family, you now have a new identity, which means I am a son of the Most High God. You are a daughter of the King of Kings, and he claims you as his own. That's what happened on Easter Sunday. Your identity was reset on Easter Sunday. And all of those mistakes and all of those failures from your past, those things were reset on Easter Sunday. You see, Easter is God's ultimate do-over. It's the moment that your history is reset to zero, 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 and all of that stuff from the past, it doesn't matter anymore. Let's pick up with what Jesus says next, starting in verse 30 or 27. He's speaking about what he's about to go through. And he says, now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour. Now, I want to pause for just a minute. Jesus knows exactly what's about to happen to him. So he understands the suffering and the shame and all of the pain that he's about to endure. He knows that before anybody else around him knows it. In fact, John told us last week, his disciples didn't even understand it until much later. Jesus knows what he's about to go through, and he's troubled and burdened because of it. And he says, what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But that is, but that is why I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name and listen to how the father of heaven speaks a word of blessing over his son. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Now the crowd Standing there, heard it and said it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus replied, responded, this voice came not for me, but for you. God didn't say this out loud with an audible voice to bless me. He said this also to help you understand. And here it is. This voice came not for me, but for you. And now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Would you say the word ruler out loud? As for me, if I am lifted up, and Jesus is specifically speaking about on a cross, on a hilltop, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate what kind of death he was about to die. Jesus is in deep agony because of what's about to happen to him at the cross. And even though he knows ahead of time, the suffering, even though he understood that this is the reason why he was sent from heaven to earth to become a sacrifice so that you and I could have our history reset, didn't make it any easier for him. And he's burdened and he's troubled and he knows that he can't run away from this. And so he just prays, God, All that I want is to honor you. All that I want is to glorify you. And God looks down from heaven and says, son, I'm pleased with you. I've glorified my name through you and I will do it again. And then the crowd hears this. And Jesus says, this death 
is what it's going to take to reset the ruler of this world. Now, if that doesn't make sense to you, it's a reference all the way back to the beginning of time. It's a reference back to your first parents. You see, our first ancestors committed the ultimate act of treason in the Garden of Eden. They took the gift of freedom that God gave them, the gift that God gave them to be able to do what they wanted to do. And there's only one rule. There's only one thing that's off limits. Do anything else that you want. They took that gift and they used it as a weapon against God. In fact, they were tempted because they wanted to be like God, the Bible tells us. They wanted to know the difference between good and evil. So they broke that original rule that God gave them. And when they did that, they plunged you and I and the whole human race, the entire earth into evil. And as a result, death came. And there is not one human being on this planet that can run hard enough to escape death. You can't work enough to escape evil. All of us are under the brutal tyranny of this evil ruler of this world. And Jesus becomes the sacrifice to set us free from that ruler so that you and I will never again have to live underneath that kind of evil so that you and I can have experience genuine, real freedom. It is the ultimate moment of God's forgiveness. It's the ultimate do-over. You see, I want to go back to that do-over for just a second. I wish... For me, it was just breaking the rule on the playground. I wish it was just a simple mistake that I can put in the past and I can move beyond it and I can forget all about it. But the truth is, all of us in this room have committed some mistakes that we carry with us to our dying day. All of us have done some things that we regret. Don't act like you haven't because every person in this church has, every pastor in this church has, and if you haven't, you found the wrong church. You see, for some of you out there, it wasn't as uh, simple as a test instructions or as failing to follow the rules. For some of you out there, you trusted a boy and you sent him pictures. And after he broke up with you, they ended up on the internet and there's no getting them back. For some of you out there, you let some hateful hurtful things come out of your mouth and the moment that they left your mouth you wish with every fiber of your being that you could get them back but you know you can't and they're going to hang there forever for others of you it started off really simple it was just some prescription pain kill pills or it was just the bottle and having a few drinks after work and it became a full-blown addiction or maybe for you it was an affair or an abortion Or maybe it was an assault and you would give everything that you own, every fiber of your being to make what you did in the past go away. But you know, I can't make it go away. It's going to follow me forever. And I just want it gone. And God says, I can reset all that you've done and I can make it all go away. But it's going to come at a very, very severe price. It's going to cost me everything to do that for you. And I wish today we in this world in 2022 
understood the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ like those brothers and sisters in the first century because when they found out that he was risen, it changed everything for everybody. That was the moment that they realized all that I've done, all of my mistakes, it's all gone. It's all in the past. The Bible describes it this way. As far as the east is from the west, these two will never touch. That's how far your mistakes and your sins have been cast away. I found this little video. I'm going to show you this video because I hope this video helps you to taste just a small glimpse of what this would have felt like if you were in the first century and you heard for the first time that that rabbi that you put all of your hope in, that you watched die this terrible public execution, actually is alive and he's walking around again. I want you to check out this video. should feel too because what it meant for them it means for us I wish I had the ability to send a text to every single person that's watching this right now and to tell you all of those mistakes, everything that you've done, the thing that you wish you didn't do and you would give anything to undo that thing can be cast away as far as the east is from the west, that sin no longer has to control you, that death itself, to unquote, to quote C.S. Lewis, now starts to work backwards, and death is no longer the end, it's the beginning and the door that you step through, and he's waiting for you on the other side, that evil no longer has control over you, because it has all been undone, on Easter Sunday morning, your identity was radically changed and God in heaven is saying, I want you to be part of my family. And that history that you wish could go away forever, it can be radically reset just because that tomb is empty. And, her, and third and finally, even your destiny itself is changed. Your future no longer is death hell, and the grave. It's now eternal life with God the Father in 
glory with him forever. And here's how Jesus wraps up his public ministry. Here's his last public words to the crowd, starting in verse 34. Then the crowd replied to him, we've heard from the law that Messiah will remain forever. Now say the word forever out loud. We have been taught that Messiah is supposed to stick around forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And Jesus answered, the light will be with you only a little longer. Walk while you have the light so that darkness doesn't overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. While you have the light, Believe in the light so that you may become children of the light. Here it is again, a new identity. Jesus said this then and went away from them and hid from them. This is the final words of Jesus's public ministry. This is the beginning of the end for him. From this point forward, it's a prayer over his people and it's a long march to his death. But the end, but that cross is not the end of the story. By God's grace, there is a future. And the proof that there is a future is that the body that they laid in the grave came back out of it, of his own power and by his own ability to prove that he really was the son of God. Jesus is answering this question that they have. They're saying, wait a second, I studied the Bible. And I remember what God said to David. God said, David, you're never going to have a son that won't sit on my throne. Forever there will be a descendant of yours sitting on the throne over my people. And Jesus, we thought you were that guy. So how can you say that you're going to have to be raised up on a cross? How can you say that you're going to have to die? Because we believe Messiah is going to be around forever. That our destiny is different because of him. And Jesus is saying, there will be darkness. In fact, there will be the ultimate act of evil. The greatest moment of darkness in human history is coming. It's the moment, not when an innocent man was killed. It's the moment when the son of God was killed on your behalf and my behalf. And it's going to feel dark and it's going to feel evil. But then hang in there. Because the sun of Easter is rising. Did you hear what I just said? I did not say the Easter sun is rising because every morning, if the sun doesn't show up, then the light doesn't, isn't cast across the world. And if the clock doesn't go back to zero, 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 we're not reset. I'm talking about the sun of Easter who comes back out of that tomb. And it is proof once and for all that your history has been reset, that your identity is different and that your destiny is now to dwell with the King of Kings and the most high God. I promised you that I would try to prove to you that Easter changes everything for everyone. If you will bow your knees and confess with all of your soul that he is the Lord of light, the Lord of life, that he is your Lord. You see, Easter is the proof that you now can become part of the family of God. No matter your color of skin, no matter your nationality or your ethnicity, you are invited into God's family. 
through the death of his son and your identity changes forever. Easter is the only moment in history where all of those mistakes, all of those failures, everything can be cast away as far as the east is from the west. Let me tell you how the Bible puts this, 2 Corinthians. It says that if there is no resurrection of Christ, then you are still in your sins and we are completely helpless and hopeless. But if he's risen, Easter is the moment where your history is reset. And Easter resets your destiny. You no longer have to worry about death. It's just the door that you step through and he's waiting for you on the other side. And I have been praying that God would cause somebody to show up today, somebody to tune in today who needs a soul to be born again. I have been praying that somebody today would simply surrender their soul and they would find life the way Jesus describes it in chapter 10 of John, life to the full, that they would find it for the first time today. In just a second, I'm gonna say a prayer for us. And then I'm gonna challenge you to take a few next steps. And maybe you're that person that says, I need that. Man, I need that today because I can't make those failures and mistakes go away. But I believe Jesus came because he loves me. And if it was me and only me, his death on the cross was what it took for me to be made right with a perfect God. In just a second, I'm going to pray that your soul will be radically changed by this new birth miracle that only God can do. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.